Hi, you're listening to Koldo D Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldod.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. I want to talk about, I do want to talk about the believer's uh, mikvah or baptism today a little bit. So not a little bit, but that's really what I want to focus on. So, Father, we pray you thank you for this amazing time of worship, God, and in your presence. And we pray you would, as you're bathing us in your presence today, Lord, you would continue to bathe us in your word, Lord, and uh, wash us in the water of your word. Ephesians 5.26, John 15.3, you said, Now we're clean through the word that I've spoken to you, Lord. Speak to us, cleanse us, Lord, and open our eyes to behold wonderful things from from your word, Lord, through your word. In the name of Yeshua, we pray, B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So uh, why don't you turn with me, if you would, to uh, Acts chapter 8. Thank God for freedom. No one wants to feel forced to do anything because we have freedom in Messiah, freedom in the Lord, freedom in our culture to honor one another. And the important thing is to have that freedom. So the world and the culture are never to set the agenda for the people of God. And we are a people that are ecclesia. The word of God says the ecclesia, the Greek word, is the called out ones. Church is the, you know, word that means is translated out of ecclesia, but the word is really the out called, ek, out, klesia, called. We're called out, the body of Messiah, Jew and Gentile together, says you are a chosen people, First Peter 2.9, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And this is, of course, Israel, the Israel, our people, the Jewish people are as a nation, and then the people of God, Jew and Gentile, in the New Covenant are, as well, in a different sense, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim, all of us together, believers in Yeshua, so that we may proclaim the praises of the one who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so, as that people, we are not to be conformed, we're not conformed to this world or this age. The Greek word is aeon in Romans 12 too. Not conformed to this age or this period of history. The Hebrew equivalent would be olam, the olam, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, it says. Ephesians 2 verses 1 and 2 says that we were, we were dead in our trespasses, dead in our trespasses and sins, and we walked in the, the aeon of this cosmos, the way, the age of this world, this age of this order, I guess we would translate it, in conformity to the ruler of the domain of the air. That's where we were. That's where every one of us was before we knew Yeshua. 
we were walking in the in the print according to the King James is you know the prince of the power of the air. This translates the ruler of the domain of the air, the atmosphere, controlled by it. Yeshua said, They are not of the world. He says, You are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. He said it two times in his prayer as Kohen Gadol, as high priest in John 17 before his death, before he he went to be arrested and died. He says, I'm not of the world, you're not of the world. So no one wants to feel forced. No one has to celebrate Yeshua. No one has to celebrate uh, whether it's Gay Pride Month or any other month or any other day. You know, some people say, why do we have one day, one month? One? Everyone has the freedom and we honor and respect. I want to be clear, everyone's freedom to celebrate whatever they want to in whichever way they want to. And I, all I meant, I just want to be clear, what I meant was that we're not, we don't want to be forced to or stigmatized as being hateful because we don't embrace doing it. Not anyone, any more than we would say, you have to celebrate Yeshua or have to, have to worship the way we worship. We have freedom and we're going to focus on Yeshua. So I said, let's do Yeshua praise month. Let's just do a Yeshua praise. That's all I meant by it with my thoughts. So I just want to be clear on that. This is Yeshua praise month. Let's worship him, you know, and let's praise him. Let's worship him. Let's have events celebrating him. And it doesn't mean you can't do celebrate other things. Do celebrate what you want, what's, what your passions are, what you love, what your what your feelings are. We respect you and love you wherever you're at. And we really do. Um, and we want everyone to come to know Yeshua and to come to know the gospel. But we're not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel of being a follower of Yeshua, and we're willing, all of us, to suffer for it if need be. As you might be, for your beliefs or your persuasions or your practices, and you might have to suffer for those too because people don't understand you. And so I think baptism or immersion, I want to talk about that, is kind of a part of that because it's really the believer's immersion is a decision, is a an indication that you're following Yeshua, and it's a public testimony and identifying yourself with him. And next Shabbat, we, we're having this a picnic and a mikvah available. So why undergo baptism or immersion? We do believe the biblical way is immersion, is immersion. Do you do it yourself, you know, or do you, well, that's another question. No, we, you know, you can. There can there's, I think there's several ways to do it. There's not, not one way to do it. You know, of course, we believe in immersion, but I want to, say that even in there are countries where you don't have water to immerse and they'll do it they you know they'll do it like in Siberia you know with with a little bit of water whatever they can do you know so God will and we can be innovative and 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 no no question about it John the immerser John the Baptist John the he the prophet John he was innovative no question and adaptive with the practice and so were the apostles so we can be as well. Uh, we're not bound by one set way of doing it. But let's look at look at it a little bit and um, in its background and history. And I get get some of these thoughts from the uh, Messianic Jewish Bible Society. It had some great a great article on. So I want to get some of these thoughts from there. Judaism regards the mikveh, uh, the mikveh, as a symbol symbolic expression of rebirth. The mikvah represents the mother's womb, which is called in Hebrew rechem. Let's say rechem. Rechem. Okay, rechem. Rachamim. Let's say rachamim. 
Rachamim is mercy in Hebrew, compassion. I love that word. It's, you know, there's chesed and chen and he, different Hebrew words, uh, ahava, love. Rachamim is compassion, God's compassion. And rechem is the womb. So think of it. God's, you know, we say, we, we address God typically as Av, right? Or Abba, you know, even I was in, just in Fort Lauderdale and, you know, visiting, uh, and Miami and, uh, and it was so great. I was, I was in a great Israeli restaurant and, uh, a lot of Israelis in there and it was so cool hearing the kids talk, Abba, Abba, you know, to their dad, Abba, Abba, you know, and we address God as our father, but he's also, we don't say mother to God, but he is the mother as well. He's the mother heart, you know. And Rachamim is God's compassion, his mother heart, you know. Uh, God, you know, woman came out of man when, in God's creation. God's, obviously, it's, God is all-encompassing. So uh, he is, the, and this is beautiful. This comes from the same root as the Hebrew word for Rachamah. Now, immersing fully into the waters of the mikveh is like re-entering the womb, the place of mercy, of God's creative power. Think of it, God's creative power. Think of the miracle of birth, of the one unbelievable giving birth. I played pickleball last night with a Brazilian woman. Hope she's going to team up with me in this tournament at the end of the month. She hadn't played in two years because she had a baby, and she's showing me pictures of her one-year-old baby. You know, she she was had tennis tennis scholarship. You know, her husband's French and does the uh, what's the thing in in France every year on the bike? Yeah, Tour de France. He does that every year. Yeah. So so anyway, and uh, but she's showing me this is my. You know, she's so excited about her baby, uh, and. Uh, you know, miracle. And our daughter is going to give birth in August. And Ashira Francis just came back from the baby shower. Uh, and, uh, you know, what a miracle. Well, the mikveh is like being born again. Emerging from the, the mikveh is like being born again. Now, it says we were born again. When you were born again in Yeshua, not from perishable seed, but imperishable through the eternal, the eternal word of God. Isn't that amazing? 1 Peter 1.23, where we were brought forth by the word of truth in James 1.18. Or think of this, Titus 3.5. This sounds like the mikveh. He saved us through the mikveh of rebirth, through the bath of rebirth in Titus 3.5. Isn't that amazing? He saved us. He washed us. And he saved us through the bath, the mikveh of rebirth and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. So that's what God did. The, the immersion shows this. It demonstrates this. It doesn't do it, but it demonstrates it. Now, the immersion in a mikveh also represents death and resurrection. A person underwater enters a death-like state like a person descending into a grave. When he or she comes back out of the water, he or she would come back, comes back to life as a new creation. Isn't that amazing? Think about it. So death and resurrection, a new creation now. So when we trust and are immersed into Yeshua, we become a new creation. When we, when we trust him and, and, and ask him into our life, not the water thing, but Salvation, trusting him, we become, we're immersed into him. It says all who believe, we are immersed into him and we become a new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Messiah, 
he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, how many things have become new? Wow. All things. Thank you for finishing that quote. You got it. All things have become new. It sure was for me. Uh, and I'm sure it was for you, right? All things. Second Corinthians 5.17. Now, into his death and resurrection. Or do you not know that all of us who were immersed into Yeshua, the Messiah Yeshua, were immersed into his death, Paul says. The Apostle Paul, Shaliach Paul. He says, we were immersed into his death. Therefore, we were buried together with him through immersion into death in order that just as Messiah was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too, so we too, might walk in newness of life. Romans 6, verses 3 and 7. So immersed into his death, come out, newness of life. The water, the, it, the mikvah, the, 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 the baptism, it typifies that. It's showing that. It's, show, it's showing it. The word baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo, baptizo, which primarily means a thorough change of condition accomplished through immersion. Thorough change of condition. It's written in, it's written in the Bible to take the place of the Hebrew word tevilah, tevilah, to totally, meaning to totally immerse. Now this ritual immersion is water in water, is carried out in a mikvah, which is a Hebrew word meaning gathering of waters. So the mikvah actually means gathering, the gathering of waters, a collection or gathering of waters. For the observant Jew, the mikvah personifies both the womb and the grave and consequently rebirth. So tevila, full body, full bodily immersion, marks a change of status from being tameh to tahor from being ritually unclean or impure or unfit for the presence of God to being ritually clean. In Moses' time, which is where it began back in biblical times, in Moses' time in the Torah, and in some cases and still in Orthodox Judaism, it was used for things like being after contact with a dead person or a diseased person before re-entering the temple. After a woman's menstrual cycle, in preparation for marriage or for Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, after a person with skin disease had been declared healed by the priests, etc., these, these types of things. Now, Aaron and his sons were consecrated as Kohanim, as priests, to serve as priests in the tab tabernacle, the Mishkan. First, the first step before they're consecrated was immersion. So when the tabernacle was in the desert before the temple was built, it was they were immersed to be consecrated in the mikvah. A change in status. Think about it. A change in status. An elevation from one state to another. They would attain the new status of, after the immersion, of Kohanim. They're priests now. The Kohen Gadol, the high priest on Yom Kippur, entered the Holy of Holies two times. He would change his vestments five times, his clothing five times. Each time before he changed, he would have to immerse himself in a mikvah. He was not unclean, but he was undergoing a change in status. So let's relate it some ways we could relate it. Well, 
we have had a change in status. And that change in status, we're showing, we're demonstrating by the immersion, by the immersion. We've had a change in status from being sinners to saints, right? That happened when we came to know Yeshua. Sinners to saints or Kiddushim, holy ones. God's made us holy through the blood of Yeshua. From being dirty to clean, you know, for dirty with our sins. All of us have sins, and I know about you, but I've got a lot of them. And But he's declared us, now are you clean? I declare you clean through the blood of Yeshua, through, the forgive, through his forgiveness, through what he's done. And we're now heirs. We have a new status. You're heirs. You're sons and daughters of God now, of the king. You are priests. You are holy ones. You are priests of God. You have a special ministry, you know, to God and through and to people. We're beloved ones now. We're beloved ones. A change in status. We were lost. And now we're what? Found. Right. Think of that. A change in status. It's amazing. Now, a mikvah was often a body of natural water, such as a river, lake. It has to be, by the way, in, you know, according to Judaism, you know, it has to be a living water. It should be running water, not a, not a static, static water. Uh, so a natural water, such as a river, lake, spring, or any naturally fed gathering of water. Over time, however, it became common or to construct special pools. Uh, archaeological digs in Israel have revealed several of these man-made mikvot, uh, in Second Temple compound, the Second Temple compound, as well as the Judean desert, built by the Qumran community, the Essenes. Today in Jerusalem, one can see the remains of mikvot near the southern wall excavations. Immersion baths have also been uncovered at Masada, at the Herodian and all over the land of Israel. In conversion to Judaism, when a Gentile converts or goes down, he goes down into the waters of the mikveh. And the person, leave, they leave behind their pagan ways, symbolically dying to their old life, and come up out of the water as a newborn child with an entirely new identity. And so, again, they are reborn. So get all this picture of what baptism means for us now as believers. We've left behind the old, and we're entirely new. We're dead to the old. We're alive to the new. Now, the believer's mikvah represents also, I like to think of this, this is a different thing that you've probably not ever heard of, that two, the two tenses of biblical Hebrew, the biblical Hebrew verbs. Uh, in biblical Hebrew, you don't have just really past, present, future, but you have sort of like, it's kind of like a past and a future. You have a perfect tense, which something, it's completed action, and then you have imperfect tense, which is, it's not completed yet. And so it really represents those two tenses. It demonstrates what's already happened when I trusted Yeshua, the rebirth and resurrection out of death. It already happened. That's the perfect tense. But then it represents my decision to be Yeshua's disciple, to follow him, his teaching and his authority with others in the spiritual community. And that's the imperfect tense. I'm going to follow you now. So it's what's happened, but it's what's going to ongoing. It's what's going to continue happening. It says by one spirit, we were all immersed in one body. Uh, you know, I'm no longer independent, doing my own thing. You know, maverick. For Jesus, you know, I'm 
I'm with others. I'm saying I'm a part of you. I'm I'm together with this community. I'm going to follow with the, the Lord, but I'm not walking alone anymore. I need you. You need me. I need you. We need each other. And that's so beautiful. Now, in Acts 8, we have Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch at verse 4. Those those who had been scattered, this is they've been scattered after being in just Jerusalem, the, the believers, the early messianic community, the Jewish believers, they're scattered and they went around proclaiming the word. They're proclaiming God, the gospel, the Bessarah, the word. Philip went down to the main city of Samaria, proclaimed the Messiah to them. The crowds were paying close attention to what Philip was saying, and they were both heard and saw the signs that he was doing. For unclean spirits were coming out of many who were plagued, shrieking with a loud voice. Many paralyzed and crippled were healed also. So there was great joy in the city. So spiritual activity and people are being saved and all this is happening. And then we see in verse 12, but when they believed, Philip proclaiming the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of the Messiah, Yeshua, both men and women were immersed. So they're being immersed. They're following this practice of going into the mikvah, being immersed because the mikvahs, mikvot were there and they're being in, going into the mikvot. Now, verse 26, go down here, what happens over here. Now, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. So this isn't the spirit here. This, is, this could have been in a dream, but it doesn't say that. Either way, somehow the angel, an angel speaks to Philip and saying, get up and go to the south of the road going down to Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So he got up and went and behold, who's there but an Ethiopian eunuch. And this eunuch would have been a Cushite, a descendant of Ham, of Ham or Ham, uh, a God-fearer or a proselyte, we, as far as we would understand. He was the finance minister or treasurer at the court of Queen Candice. And this would have been, it says an official, he was responsible for the treasurer, queen of the, Ethiop queen of the Ethiopians. He had traveled to Jerusalem for worship, so maybe for one of the festivals, the feasts, the holidays, Jewish holidays and was now returning. This would have been a 60-day journey at the least on chariot, a long journey. Sitting in his chariot, he's reading the prophet Isaiah. So he has a scroll with him of Isaiah, Yeshiahu the Hanavi, Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit says to Philip, go, catch up with, his, with this chariot. And Philip ran up and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? So how beautiful. He, 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 he instead of just running up and saying something, he, he asked him a question. How can I, he, he responds, says, how can I unless someone guides me? I can't. He says, I, I, I can't unless someone, I need someone to give me, to help, help me with this. So he invites Philip to come up and sit with him. He's probably got someone else driving the chariot while he's reading the scroll. I hope you don't do what I do. My wife gets yells at me when she's riding with me and I start getting up doing my phone. I know you're not supposed to do it. and you Some states you'd be arrested for it, do it. But, you know, my phone doesn't have Apple CarPlay, so I can't do, you know. But anyway, so but he's, not, he's probably not riding the chariot and on reading the scroll. Now, the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearers is silent. So he opens not his mouth. And where is where is he reading from? 
Yes, Isaiah chapter 53, 52 and 53, but probably, you know, right here is in 53. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who shall recount his generation for his life is taken away from the earth? The eunuch replied to Philip, please tell me who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and so beautiful and beginning with the scripture, he proclaimed the good news about who? Yeshua. Hallelujah. About Yeshua. Isn't that beautiful? So he says, is it him? Is he speaking about? I have a, this is a, a scroll. This is a book of just Isaiah. And so here is, here's the first verse of Isaiah. You know, who would have believed me? Who would have believed our report? And then it says, Adonai al-mi niglata, who and upon whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed, exposed, or made bare? Who has and he so so and he and it goes on, he's a root grown up as a root out of dry ground and has no form or comeliness, no beauty we should desire him. He's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. If you haven't read Isaiah 53, read Isaiah 53. I want to say for anyone here, if you haven't read it, sit down and read all. I've led many Jewish people to the Lord reading Isaiah 53. Read Isaiah 53. I remember I could tell you stories on a steamboat reading uh, Isaiah 53 to a man who was a Holocaust survivor, seriously, in a hull of a, hull of a sh- big ship. Maybe it wasn't a steamboat. It was a hull of a deep ship. But, but, you know, read Isaiah 53. And he says, who is he talking about? Is it him? Is it uh, the prophet? Because the suffering servant, by the way, is sometimes Israel in Isaiah chapter 42 through 50, uh, through, through, uh, I think it's 60, uh, all the suffering servant. But, but here and most of the places, many places, and sometimes they're interweaved, as I've said, but it's, here it's Yeshua, clearly the suffering servant. He's not suffering. Israel isn't suffering for Israel's sins. It's someone else. It's an individual suffering for Israel's sins and for the world's sins. The Messiah, he bore the sins of the world. It, then Philip opened his mouth, beginning he preached, proclaimed the good news about Yeshua. Now, when they were going, so so he this is. And by the way, who has believed the, the word God? Who has believed the report? Who to whom is the arm of the Lord? Zeroah Adonai, the arm. The, the 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 strength of the Lord. The, it's a romantic word. It embraces. It takes a revelation to reveal. It needs a revelation. Only through prayer will God, can God reveal the Son, His Son, to people, to Yeshua, to people. Right? As we pray, only it takes God opening the eyes, make bare his, who He is. Uh, we need to pray for God to reveal. You say, how can someone see? They just can't see. Only through prayer. But God can do it. And he will. He'll open the eyes and he's and he he makes opens the eyes of who Yeshua is and his love for them and his redemption and what he's paid. And he says, now is now look at verse 36. Now, as they were going down the road, they came to some water. So this was probably a spring of water. And the eunuch said, look, water, what's to prevent me from being immersed or baptized, right? Immersed. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both got down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and Philip immersed him. Philip immersed him. There's stories of rabbis that have come to the Lord that because they were being forced by some Christian denominations, they said, we, you need to be baptized by us so you'll become a part of our denomination. So they did it. They just said, well, no, we're just doing it. And I, under, and that's what I would have done too. But, but here we see, 
No, there is a principle of going doing it together. You're part of a community and you're submitting to Yeshua's, you know, lordship and you're saying, I'm following and so you do it. I think obviously we, we, we could do it either way, but here they went down together and Philip immersed him. And when they came up out of the water, death, resurrection, rebirth, out of the womb, hallelujah, when they came up out of the water, the spirit out of Adonai snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Hallelujah. Oh, happy day. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He went on his way rejoicing. Wow, he was so excited. He'd found the Messiah. He'd found Yeshua. He now knew who, I, who the Isaiah 53 was talking about. Father, we thank you for the, your word today. We thank you for this beautiful story. We thank you for immersion and what it means for us. And we, we praise you, God. It indicates what's happened to us, Lord, in the amazing, our amazing identification with you in death and burial and resurrection and, and the rebirth that took place when we trust you, when we invited you into our life. And we thank you for what it means in ongoing that we're going to follow you now, that we're walking with you and with others that are following you, Lord, that we're walking in a community that we, we walk together, Lord. We walk side by side together uh, with the community, Lord, submitted to you. You're as our Lord, as our Messiah and, and following you. And we thank you for this beautiful, beautiful, uh, the mikvah that you give us, the messianic mikvah, whatever we want to call it, Lord. We thank you for that we have freedom to be innovative and adaptive in this process as we fo are following you. And, uh, and I want to say, if you've done it, maybe someone did it as a child or you did it, didn't have any meaning for you. And you, you know, I think you have freedom to do it again. Uh, when you're with next week, you have, you know, as the Lord leads you, if he leads you to, because now you're saying, now I understand it. Now it's meaningful to me. Then you do it. You know, that's my feeling, but it's up to you as the Lord leads you. But it's a, it's an indication you're following Yeshua and you're leaving behind the old. You're following him in newness of life, walking in newness of life, dead to the old, alive to the new. Thank you, Lord. And if you've never trusted Yeshua today, you've never made that first step of inviting him in your life. Please do it. Oh, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Say, Lord, save me. Lord, come into my life. I need you. I need you. We're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat. We've all made blunders. We've all, we've all done so many things, things we would do differently. But he has made, paid for our sins. He has, he has died for our sins. He has atoned. He has given, he wants to give you new life, eternal life. He's, he wants to give you a, a new start. He wants to give you a new start and he wants to indwell you by his spirit. He loves you. He loves you. Say, Lord, save me. Come into my life. Wash me. Wash me. Give me this new birth. Give me this new birth. Yeshua, I trust you, God, today. Thank you, God. Some people are going to come up here to pray, and they'll be available to pray with you now as we close the service. Uh, and so feel free after, as we close in the benediction, feel free to come up and pray with someone and say, I prayed I prayed to made, and made that decision today. I'd like someone to just pray with me and agree with me on it. But he came into your life when you prayed that prayer right right then. He did it. He did it. No matter what you do from here, he did it. If you need healing in your life, you want someone to pray with you, to agree with you on something else for healing, for for whatever need, praying for someone else, for something else that's important in your life, please take advantage of that. So let's stand and close in the uh, benediction right now. Yevarechecha Adonai veyishmerecha Yair Adonai panavilecha veyichunecha 
The Lord blesses you and keeps you. The Lord makes his face to shine upon you and is gracious unto you. The Lord bestows favor upon you and gives you his peace. Amen. Bishem Yeshua. Amen. Thank you.